This is how we roll each week. Echoes from the goddamn void, people. Coming in hot with some Danny Brown. Oh shit. Woo. Yo. <laughs> Man, there is some crazy shit happening, people. There is some crazy shit happening. I have to say, right? If you complained because you saw a black girl doing Irish dancing and you called it cultural appropriation, you're a dumb piece of shit, right? And you don't know what the fuck because, yo, there are black people in Ireland, fools. You know what I mean? Jeez. There is just some ignorant shit happening, right? And this other thing that kind of I find real odd, right? Real odd. A lot of people say a lot of crazy shit about Kanye, right? And listen, I get it. Kanye does some crazy ass shit, for real. You know what I mean? But, right, what baffles me is people can say stuff about Kanye and it's fine, right? And I think it's clear, and we've said it before, Kanye got, like, mental health issues. He's said himself he's bipolar. But, you know, obviously there's some other shit going on as well. Right? But people feel they can say whatever. Now, you say anything about Greta Thunberg, your ass gets banned from Twitter. Like, I kind of feel there's some hypocrisy going on there. You know what I mean? It definitely sees a hierarchy of hypocrisy. You feel me? Right? Because everyone thinks, oh, she's just talking about climate change, so she's fine. Even though she is a moron, right? But that's all gravy. But Kanye, he say crazy shit, and you just can say whatever, and you get a free pass. I'm just like, people, we have to be consistent here. You know what I mean? We really need to be fucking consistent Right, so If you get banned for saying something about one person That it goes across the board We can't cherry pick who we like You know what I mean, oh Trump said this We hate Trump But someone else says a, a similar outrageous thing And they're like, well no, it's kind of fair I see his point of view blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no No that shit should not go down Right But you know That's not the other the, the only crazy shit going down Like I saw some Fucking Bullshit About like The British people during lockdown Have spent most of their money on tea Biscuits and good books Just Can we just stop this shit Can we stop this shit Yes, we live in the UK. Like, not everyone in the UK drinks tea. 
You know what I mean? Let's, let's just stop that, right? If we really want to break down what the UK been spending on during lockdown, you know what I mean? If we really, really want to break it down, you know what I mean? They've been spending money on porn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Porn. Um, probably getting some drugs, some cigarettes, some alcohol. Right? Drink, buying up that wine. Let's not be playing, people. Come on. And junk food. Like everyone else. No one's special. No one's above someone else. Everyone's been doing the same old shit. Trying to get through. Trying to find an out. And trust me. T does not hide the demons. (laughs) You know what I mean? You could even just let them in. Be like, whoa, I'll have a cup and then I'm going to rip out your mind. So, yeah, let's be real, people. Let's be fucking real. But, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? The third crazy thing. Let's talk about that third crazy thing. Or it could be the fourth. I don't know. I'm losing track, people. But what about that CEO, though? You know what I mean? Poor Fahim Saleh, right? Getting that just... Cut up What What the hell was that And the crazy thing is Right There's a doorman there Right There's a doorman In the building And He's Not You know Alerting anyone To a masked man Walking into the lift with this guy And supposedly I think the word I heard was He thought they were together Really? 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 Right? If if the police are getting called On Elijah McCain For wearing a ski mask But no one's calling anyone On a fucking hooded dude Walking into a building with someone No one's seen an action film No one's seen like Taken Some crazy shit like that (laughs) You know what I mean Like if you say anything I'll shoot you and I'll shoot everyone else in the building Right No one has heard those lines before In a fucking movie So you think if you see a masked person Walking real close to someone You kind of think Oh, some shit's going down there. What? That's some crazy ass shit. But supposedly, right, they're saying it was his fucking personal assistant. And um, like the Jesse Samalef shit, they've got him on CTV buying the saw. Oh, I just hope that friggin' Selesh was out. You know what I mean? When it all went down. Because they said he got tasered. Right? I don't know if a taser can knock you out. Out? Right? I hope it can. Or at least numbed him so he didn't feel the knife going in and taking his life. Because I feel he was stabbed before he was cut up. I hope that is the case, because that's some grisly ass shit. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, you know, people, 
maybe do a check on your PAs. You know what I mean? And door people, if you see a hooded person walking into a building with someone, maybe alert authorities. You know what I mean? Or at least call Liam fucking Nielsen. Do something, people. All right. Let's get in to today's bullshit. All right. Sit back and enjoy. Oh, yeah. So there is a lot of talk at the moment about the um, University of Oxford's coronavirus vaccine results. Now, I I do wonder about this. Now, people, I have to say, I am not a doctor, okay? Just so you know. But it's, you know, like, this shit, it started in bruh, March, right? And so I think... You know, companies were started to look for vaccines Maybe end of March Probably April At the earliest So not a lot of time You know what I mean? Not a lot of time at all So, for like, vaccines This is really fucking fast it usually takes like a couple of years before like a vaccine ever gets made which makes you wonder like what have they missed you know what I mean like what things have they ignored to get here like we don't know because there's been so many times in medicine where they, people think they've got something, and then you yeah, start seeing some uh, very worrying signs, you know, like uh, like cancer and just like other craziness starts to develop. So uh, you know, that, that's where you you definitely need to give this shit time, <laughs> you know. Because all these people would be like, oh, yeah, uh, it, it, I started to, you know, form the antibodies. Oh, yeah, I'm cool. Then, you know, a few months later, they're like, oh, man, I feel real stiff. Oh, I'm struggling to get out of bed. And he's like, oh, there's this weird rash on me. You know, like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Like, who's going to be first in line to take this shit? Right, there's the saying that um, you know, medical staff, you know, frontliners, you know, all of those motherfuckers are gonna be the first people to be able to benefit from any vaccine, and then it will go to um the people most at risk. Which mm, I mean, I get that to some degree, but, you know, it should just be a case of, like, do you need it, do you want, like, here it is, not just, you know, cherry picking, because not every person that works in medicine is coming in contact with people, 
You know what I mean? It, it's just like, just because you work for, you know, a hospital doesn't mean, like, you're in contact with this shit. So, in theory, why then do they take precedent over someone else? You know, I, I kind of feel you look at, you should look at it like that. But, yeah, it all seems super fucking quick. Just super quick. Like, even with them saying that, you know, alright, we're going to do the next stage of the tests. Um, and, you know, and we, we could have something out by the end of the year, beginning of next. That's still fucking quick. Still a little concerning Now the weirdest thing about all of this Right So You know you know, We've got all this testing going on Everything like that Right So Nothing has been fully confirmed You know At this stage It's still kind of uh, You know They're hopeful and all of this But The UK has ordered 100 million doses of the vaccine. Which you're just like, what what do you, like, we don't know if it works. What, how have you ordered that much on something you don't even know fucking works yet? So irresponsible and so fucking weird. But all of this shit is weird, right? We're not getting... There's, do you remember there was a point when we were told children can't get it? Children can't get corona and they can't even carry it. So they can't infect people. Like, that's why I think... Um, uh, I can't remember if it was Holland... Or um, some of the Scandinavian countries But they were letting, you know, kids see their grandparents And everything because of this information That who put out there Now we're finding out Oh, no, kids get it (laughs) Kids get it You know, they sent all the kids back to school And, um yeah, then they had to shut them all down again because all the kids got corona. So, you know, when we're getting just all this weird information constantly, you know, we were then told, oh, it it doesn't stay on surfaces. Right? So, like, everything you were told didn't, you know, you can't actually get it from services. And it, you know, we were told it can stay in the air for days. And then you're told, oh, no, it doesn't. You know, we find out that UV rays actually kill it. So that's why in some places where, you know, there was loads of protests and everything like that, there weren't spikes. Because all the protests were during the day. So the UV rays... Kind of killed the virus So you didn't see Just everyone who was out Getting ill and it, Like the places where you saw The issues were when People stayed out 
late into the night, right, so with all this just weird information going out, this conflicting information going out, right, I don't trust this vaccine talk, you know, I think we definitely need to just wait and see what the fuck happens. Now, is it good that they're working on this shit? Of course it is. But, yeah, I just think people are being crazy reckless with how everything around this is getting reported. Because we're not seeing people come out and go, hey, we were wrong about this. You know, it's just like, oh, um, new news, it does this. You know, they're not going, you know, what we told you last month, that's not, we, we found that that's not fully correct. This is what we now know. Like, no one's holding their hands up and saying, yeah, we, we got that bit wrong, but this is what we're thinking right now. You know, so look, the way this is all being covered it's kind of crazy. So, you know, all this talk of vaccine, you know, hold your fucking roll, right? Because it ain't really a vaccine until it has cleared all these fucking stages. So right now, just tests are happening. Let's just talk about it like that, right? Some promising tests are being done. That would be the most sensible way to address this shit, I kind of feel. But, uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens, right? So the British Athletics Commission has just partnered with the NSPCC to set up a free support line for um, athletes, right? So I think this is mainly kind of aimed at gymnasts, but it is an open thing for athletes, right? Because it is kind of crazy, right? Over the last few weeks, more and more, like... Young ladies have come forward talking about just this normalization of uh, just predatory behavior and sexual abuse. You know, there's been, um, you know, the Downey sisters, so they came forward, Becky and Ellie, um, Amy. Amy Tinkler came forward about, you know, situations that have happened with her. But the the thing that makes no sense, right, that just makes you scratch your head about all of this, it was 2016 when the Indianapolis Star... You know, they kind of reported on the US scandal, you know, and then it came out that Larry Nazar, you know, the the US, say, gymnast's doctor had committed atrocities against 
more than 265 young women. You know what I mean? It, you're just like, what? You know, and in total, more than 368 people have, you know, been assaulted by, you know, gym owners, coaches, doctors, all within this US program. Right, so that came out in 2016, and it is horrendous. So you would think, right, that every other country would go, what the fuck? If that could happen there, you know, if if the, you know, the team doctor could be doing this shit. We need to look at what's happening here. Because we don't want to find out that a similar fucking situation has been going on. Didn't happen though. It didn't happen. And you have to think to yourself, why the fuck wouldn't that happen? Like why wouldn't that happen? Yo, busy. Yeah, I understand. Yo, you don't want that to be a part of your organization. So, British gymnastics, you know, they were just like, oh my God. Like, they think, I, I hope that's not a part of our culture. Yeah, you can think that, but you would. Do all your due diligence to make sure it wasn't. You know, you would be looking to just ensure that these young people who are, you know, doing all of this craziness, these hours of training, you know, damaging themselves to represent the country. You know, to try and win medals and accolades and all of this for not a lot of money, right? They're doing all of this, which, you know, creates a lot of shine for, you know, the higher-ups in these organizations, right? They're able to then get, like, Sponsorship money and partnerships and, you know, just, hey, better jobs. <laughs> you know, if they've created this program where, you know, like a load of the athletes have gone on to break records and win medals. People just think, oh, you're doing a great job. Hey, would you like this job instead? You know, so you would think, right, that they would be doing Everything to make sure that that environment these young people are in is safe, right? And you kind of think that's just a given, right? That's just something that you're just like, all right, we're gonna make sure we're running these things, we're running these checks every year. We're, I mean, we are really gonna be meticulous on this. Right, so you'd think it was standard, but 
especially after a huge scandal breaks. But it wasn't. You know, we then find out that, no, they didn't really do anything. So, after, now, all of these revelations have come out in British gymnastics, right, so their, their response is, oh, let's open a phone line. It's free. Oh, it's confidential. Like, that just isn't enough. Right, that really, and when someone is just broken from experiences, I they're not probably gonna ring a fucking phone line. Right, you just think there has to be more. There has to be more. Like, just look at the evidence. Right, if you've faced this horrible abuse. What what's likely the actions you're gonna take? Do you know what I mean we have to look at that? So what sort of support should we be putting in place? You know, you'd think maybe let's you know get counselling for uh, everyone. Let's you know let's call people in. Let's offer counselling. Let's offer you know what I mean just conversations. Let's really try and get into this shit. Don't leave it on people to have to call a fucking phone line. Right, it's kind of disgusting. It really is. You know, and and I think it does speak to just. You know, this environment of uh, normality that was created around this. Because no one really cares. Because if you really cared, you'd be doing more. Right? You'd be doing more. And I just think the only way around this kind of shit is to do what happened in the States. You know? And I, I believe the, the states, they just got rid of US gymnastics. I mean, that was dismantled. Because when an organisation can let that kind of behaviour happen, the, yeah, they don't, they don't need to be around. You know I mean, they can't be around. Right, so... It's like, yeah, British Athletics, later, you need to go. So, hey, you you know, form something else, create something else. And then from that, start by putting in place these safeguards, you know. Because I don't think you can trust these people anymore. I think it's done. I think it's done. And, you know, British athletics, they need to, you know, they just need to make these steps to show that they actually give a damn. Because they are doing a lot of shitty things right now. You know, they really are. They're all a bunch of pieces of shit. So, hey, if you want people to 
look at you in a better light, to actually respect you, step the fuck up. You know what I mean? Step the fuck up and look after your fucking athletes. You pieces of shit. God damn it. Okay, so hypocrisy, it's not just in race, right? It's in so many things. Because, hey, when we look at, like, certain situations, right? So, um, recently it's just emerged that a, um, an MP in the UK, Rob Roberts, he had, um, been harassing members of his staff and, like, interns, so junior members of his staff. And it's, like, the response of it is just, it's kind of crazy, right? So, um, there was two members of staff, right? So, one, I think supposedly he'd seen her picture on Twitter, Right, so, um, he then messaged her, you know, because of that, um, and, uh, yeah, the messaging got weird, it, it really did get weird, you know what I mean, I think she was off work ill or something, because he messaged her, um, uh, what did he say, um, yeah, uh, you know, saw your um, picture on Twitter earlier, lovely legs, and um, then he messaged her, don't ignore me when I'm making you feel better, <laughs> right, which is insane, but he then, that evening, sent more messages, right, so he first sent, um, just thought we could have some fun, maybe. No strings. We'll leave it with you. I might be gay, but I enjoy fun times. So that was at 11.23. Then he sent, come on, don't cry now. You'll make me sad. That was at 11.24. Then 11.28, he sent, please... But in like baby talk. Then straight after that, he sent happy thoughts. And then at eleven twenty nine, he sent, "Want me to leave you alone?" It is just insane. Right? She then responded a minute later at eleven thirty. Sorry, not you. I'm just. In an awful state at the moment. Really, really bad mental health day. He responds. I was just thinking about fun times. Maybe if you thought of them too. It might help you. It's a crazy exchange. And I think it's just the manicness of it. You know, like, send a text, a minute later, something else, a minute later, something else. Like, not giving someone even the moment to respond, but it's just that. So he sent all of those messages, 
Um, and yeah, th- like he did respond about it, you know, which is uh, yeah, his response. It's it was a bit like um, probably Kevin Spacey's response. Yeah, when all of that shit first uh, first happened and came out, I do now recognise that it was inappropriate to have extended the invitation to a member of staff in the first place. However, I have found the last few months and the coming out process to have been particularly challenging and the cause of a great deal of mental stress to me. Creating a story from this interaction, which has been dealt with amicably, seems calculated to add to that stress, which is de-stressing. Just insane. You're like, insane. He then, like, um... He had asked a another member of staff out to dinner. Um, now we don't know, like how that was done, right? Because I think if you're just like, "Hey, work was great today, man. You did, hey, and you you did well, yeah, really impressed." I was gonna go get a bite to eat. Do you want to come along? You know what I mean? We can talk some more about the project. I think that. I don't think that, that's not, I don't think that's bad, right, that doesn't seem, that's not creepy, but if you're just like, um, you're single, right, alright, yeah, that's what I thought, do you want to, uh, I don't know, maybe get, uh, something to eat, could get some wine, you know what I mean, like, that, yeah, that's not good, Right, so I I do think it depends on the nuance of the invitation. He did respond to that, though. And um, that really poor judgment on my part, hands up. He didn't react very well because it created a problem for him that I felt that way. Um... Oh, so I think he did tell him that he probably fancied him. Which, yeah, not good. Not good at all. But, see, the the thing with all of this, the Conservative Party, which Mr. Roberts is a part of, they're just like, um, yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not good. An investigation into Mr. Roberts' MP's conduct is ongoing, and it's just a bit like, well, you know what the conduct was, like, you know, on what happened specifically on these two occasions, so, react, mother, like, what I kind of find funny, there's so many things about this, right, so, I think, you look at, say, Louis C.K., right, now, Louis, he asked people, they said yes or no, and that was it, you know, but this guy just badgered, badgered them, 
like, didn't leave it at a, you know, an ignoring of his message, or a, a no, he just kept on, and that's, ayo, that's so much worse, right, because, you know, I think you ask a question, someone says, like, no, then you're like, okay, yeah, that's fine, your decision, all right, cool, let's move on, apologies, you know, you, you know, you, you, you're kind of just leaving that there, but then to just keep on and on and on and on, you're kind of wondering, if I keep on saying no, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? That's what it's put in there, right? So I just think you, Mark should get suspended, right? Because this was all in April this year as well. So this was at a time when we were being told, you know, don't get in contact with people. We meant to be social distancing and, you know, even in the workplace, don't get close to people. Yeah, and, and he's doing this shit, right? So there's that. But you've got a load of MPs coming out going, um, you know, uh, the, the allegations against Tory MP Rob Roberts are very concerning and should be fully investigated, right? There's a lot of people... Saying stuff like this Now What I do find weird is The amount of stories Right I know people Who have been harassed by MPs and politicians Like this is rife there You know David Blunkett would do it to people Like this shit goes on, so to try and act like, oh, oh, this is surprising to us, it's, mm, it's very disingenuous, you know what I mean, they know what's happening behind closed doors, right, if they really wanted to stomp this kind of shit out, they could stomp this shit out, you know, they could put think policies in place, they could, you know, go, oh, but, you know, if, if you did this, say, in a, a business environment, right, in an office place, this could, would be classed as, like, gross misconduct, and you can get fired, you know, straight away. Now, obviously, that does depend on your level in the organisation. You know what I mean? If, if you're low level, if you're like an admin, you know what I mean? Uh, an officer level kind of person. Yeah, you're getting kicked out. Now, yes, I, I think we've definitely seen if it's a CEO or, or a director or someone like that. Yeah, they, they will maneuver and all of this kind of shit. But, you know, you, you can get kicked out. Right, so... Like, this is a reason people don't trust politicians. You know, it's this kind of bullshit that they they keep on doing, you know, and then just trying to pretend that, oh, this is the first we've heard of this type of behaviour. 
It's shocking to us. It's just... It's really fucking... It's a kind of foul. It is kind of foul. You know? And it's like... You know, Robert's kind of trying to blame it on... Oh, yeah, it's because I came out of the closet and... Yeah, I'm just really stressed. And he's like, come on, man. Come on, man. You know what the fuck you're doing. You know? And I think especially now. Right? Especially now. Like, we have seen so many... High-level cases of this, right? And and just you know, the if you don't look at all the other shit, but just the Weinstein stuff, right? That was so public. So for anyone to be like, oh, I didn't realize that was inappropriate behavior. Oh, you know, they've got, they've got, the Conservative Party have got Roberts undertaking safeguarding and social media protection training. It's just, no. Like, no. Every, like, you can't go, oh, I didn't know that I shouldn't be sending out, like, messages like that. I didn't realise that was inappropriate. Like, you do know. You just chose to do it anyway. It's bullshit. It really is. It's crazy. Uh, And the way the Conservative Party be, it wouldn't surprise me if this creepy motherfucker keeps his job. You know? But, yeah. We will see, right? We will see. Okay, so Lewis Hamilton isn't a happy man, it would seem. You know, we just had the Hungarian uh, Grand Prix at the weekend. And, um, yeah, like, I think supposedly, um, you know, the Black Lives protest was a bit of a shambles. You know? Was a bit of a shambles. And, um... Yeah, Hamilton has said a number of things about this. Like, um, there is definitely not enough support for it. It's lacking leadership. From a driver's point of view, many seem to be of the opinion they've done it and they don't see why they should do it again. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, that's one thing he said. Um, he's definitely pointing fingers now, right? He said, uh, ultimately, I think it is still individuals thinking it's not important. Um, it was a battle trying to convince some drivers of the importance of the issue and sing and, uh, Roman Grosjean, um, was a problem, right, and, um, Grosjean is part of the Grand Prix Drivers Association, um, along with Sebastian Vettel and Alex Wuz, um, and Hamilton said the GDP 
the GPDA is run by three people, two who are really for it and supportive, and one who is one of those who tends to not think it's an important issue and to continue with it. Right, now, the thing with all of this, right, the, the, the thing I wonder about all of this is, why? Like, what, what does Hamilton think is happening with all of this, right? Because motorsports, it is... Uh, um, you know, it's a predominantly white sport, right? It's a predominantly white sport, and it's a predominantly sport for people from an affluent background, right? Because there's so you need money to be able to race. Hamilton was only able to, like. Achieve his goals because someone took him under their wing. You know, he got a rich sponsor. That's how he became successful. Now, he was always talented. You know what I mean? That you talent is talent. But talent means nothing if you can't afford to do anything with it. Right? So it has always been that. I remember when Hamilton first got into Formula One, it was just this, uh, oh my god, like, oh, it's incredible, this young black kid was able to achieve this, and blah, 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 so there was all of that talk back then, right, it, you know, it was made this major thing, you know, and you you have to kind of think about it, right, if it's a big talking point then, you know, like, um, what, I forget if it was in his first year, but Hamilton, like, he won, um, his first driver's championship in 2008, so, you know, we can at least say he has been in the mix for, like, 12 years, Possibly longer, right? But at least 12 years. If when you join, it's a big talking point that this black kid was able to get this far, right? If that was a big talking point then, and we look at the sport now, how many other black drivers have come through, how many female drivers have come through, you know, you, you have to look at it like that, right, I can't think of any, now, I'm not a huge follower of Formula One, so, hey, maybe there's a few, right, but not from what I've seen, okay, so, now, Hamilton has reached this level, he's winning everything, like, he's the top driver, right, he's definitely someone who they will talk about, probably in the vein 
of uh, a Schumacher and a Senna and, you know, a, a, a Mansell, a Hill. You know, he, he's going to be one of those, an Alonso. You know what I mean? He's, he's a great driver. So he's got this level of success. He's got this platform. And you have to, like, what have you been doing? Right, what have you been doing yourself to try and further this? Because now you look on Hamilton's, you know, social media, and yes, he's talking about Black Lives Matter all the time, right? But before that, nothing, right? I I didn't really see him talking really about inclusion, about diversity, about trying to increase representation. In Formula One, right? But now he wants to talk about it because everyone else is talking about it. I get that. I understand, right? But what you know, if only now you're talking about it, you it's hard to really go at other people for not, right? When you weren't doing it before this point. Right, and everyone getting on their knee before a race, what does that mean? Right, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It it really doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, yeah there's probably going to be a load of people that will be like, oh, actually, we think it means, you know, fine. It's fine. Look, you can believe it, it, you know, it represents and it means all of these things, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't, right? So Formula One, you know, they say ending racism and increasing diversity and inclusion in Formula One is a clear priority. We set our plans for diversity and inclusion last November and have in recent weeks announced additional plans to create a task force to tackle these issues and a foundation with over 1 million already donated to create apprenticeships and job opportunities for underrepresented groups. We want to make lasting change and are acting to do this. And again, you have to look at that and go, okay. Because as I said, look, 2008, it's a huge talking point that Hamilton is in Formula One. And they're saying, oh, no, look, we, you know, we started, uh, you know, we started plans in last November. Oh, what you mean in 2019? Right. So if it's a big talking point in 2008. But only now you've decided to do it. It's, you know, it's just weird. It's weird. Like, there's these certain places where, like, no one really cares. It, it's not like it's not noticeable. <laughs> you know, the drivers line up. Before every fucking race. So you could look and go. Oh. Okay. Alright. Yeah we got a real. Melting pot here. Don't we people. 
It's not like it just suddenly hit me. Hey, I, I've just noticed. There's not really, really many, uh, you know, many different groups in this room. <laughs> it's mainly white. Interesting. I never thought about that. Come the fuck on. Everyone knew. Yes, no one cared. Right? No one really gave a fuck. And you might... Look, you might break it down. You know what I mean? You could create a system. You know what I mean? You could create a system that allows for change. And find that not really many other... You know, different groups want to get into Formula 1. Right? That might be the thing. Because you're racing around a fucking track at high speeds. It's kind of fucking crazy. Right? But the issue is that, you know what I mean, we want to try and remove barriers from these things. Right? To allow people. But it, it is hard to kind of think, what about the financial situation? You know, because they're saying now, oh, we, we, you know, we've had one million donated. One million really isn't a lot when you look at all the big fucking sponsors they have. All the big, like, you know, the teams, you know, the manufacturers, all, like the money they have, right? All of them involved. And all they have is one me. Like you kind of think, uh, that's not great. And it teams on an individual level could do stuff. You know, they could hold like, you know, just tr- trials and camps to try and find new talent. You know, go to certain areas looking for this talent. They don't do it. So, you know, because it's... It's kind of nice, right? They look at it, 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 it's nice. When you have everyone from this same sort of background, this affluent background, they you know, they can talk about the same things, they go to the same, you know, country clubs, and, you know, it's comfortable for them. So why do they want to change that up? You know what I mean? That's the situation. But... Again, when you look at Formula One, right, it, it's it's a talking point if there's a female driver, right? That's huge, and there's only been like a couple, I think, and I think one of them, she was in a huge accident, um. So, yeah, I think sometimes they got female testing drivers. But, you know, how many female drivers on the main teams, right? That's the big thing. So, when you can look at a sport that doesn't really give a fuck about that, do you really think they're going to give a fuck about diversity? Come on, man. So... Yeah, it's kind of like, Lewis, why be mad, right? 
Why be mad that people just don't want to do this thing on a on a Sunday morning? Because it's not about the Sunday morning. It's about what are people doing as a whole. Right? You have all of these fucking teams and everyone, you know, with the Black Lives Matter banners and t-shirts and all of this. But what have they been doing? As a whole, I think we all know pff, nothing. They ain't been doing shit. So it's just like that's the more important thing, right? What people do every day. So don't worry about the Sunday. The Sunday doesn't mean anything, right? Just start to try and put in. These programs, these schemes, these initiatives to create diversity, right? That's where your focus should be. So, you know what I mean? Talking about it and getting all pissed off, it's not going to help the situation, right? Because you're just talking about, oh, people didn't come to a rally before this race. Fuck the race, man. Think of the bigger fucking picture. Because that's the issue, it's the big picture Right, and then think about what you can do Because, Lewis, you are rich, son You're rich, right And you got here because someone helped you So, how are you helping, you know, the people behind you What are you doing So let's look at that as well, right? There's layers to this shit when it comes to Formula One, right? So let's consider all of them rather than just focusing on a Sunday motherfucking morning. Okay, so last week we talked about Grace, a 15-year-old... you know, high school student in Michigan who got sent to juvenile um, probation because she'd missed her homework, you know? Uh, And, you know, the connotations around all of that were kind of crazy. Like, firstly, you know, it kind of showed there was a racial... Imbalance between how the black and the white students were treated, right? So there's that, which is yeah very problematic, right? And then you've also got the fact that she hadn't actually missed anything, right? So she she has HDA ADHD AD A-H-D, she's got that thing, right, so with that comes, you know, allowances, right, so there's been things put in place to allow for her to have extra time to do the work, right, so really, Grace doesn't have deadlines, all she has to do is get the work in before the end of term, These are stipulations, and then there was other stipulations that hadn't been addressed 
during the transition to online. Like the teachers are meant to check in with her regularly to offer support and to make sure that her focus isn't, you know, flagging. None of this has happened, right? So the caseworker clearly hadn't hadn't checked anything because when she finally did, you know, touch base with um, Grace's teacher, Grace's teacher is like, Grace is in the same situation as everyone else. There are a load of people that are behind on work, right? But we understand it. So there are people in worse situations than her. So we're fine with how Grace is right now, right? But that teacher wasn't able to talk at the hearing. You know, there were just other problems with the hearing. And the judge just seemed very adamant that she wanted to send Grace away. You know, during a fucking pandemic. Which is insane. So, it's real nice to see that when everyone became aware of this situation, oh, shit happened, right? So, all the teachers and students from her school came out and protest. So, they protest in front of the school and in front of the courthouse. And that's fucking big. That's really fucking big, right? You, you, like, just so many people were there and Reuters were there and, you know, they, they, you know, called up with a lot of people, right? So an 18-year-old student said, a lot of people were behind on their work this semester. No one had motivation to do anything because the teachers weren't teaching and we were all online. I know so many people that didn't do their homework. Right? So that's, you know, one account. And so many other people said the same thing. So many other people said the same thing. You know, like they spoke to a social studies teacher. Right? And he said, it didn't seem like the judge or the caseworker knew how grades and due dates and things were structured during the pandemic shutdown in the spring. I think this is a huge injustice. And that is extremely important to the case. You know? Extremely important to the case. And, it, it, you know, it wasn't just black people out there. Like, everyone was out, right? So, a, a mum of one of the students, she said, I know if Grace was a 15-year-old white girl, she would not be sitting in juvenile detention right now. And, yeah, that, you know, is the truth, right? And you can say it's the truth because the figures from that state show it. So... The Michigan Supreme Court, on that Thursday when all of this happened, they have said that they will review Grace's case. Um, her lawyers as well filed for an emergency um, review. So, 
yeah, hopefully this situation will get sorted out. And I think from this getting sorted out, hopefully they can look at some of the other bullshit going on um, when it comes to, you know, kids being put into juvie as well. And especially over this period, you know, especially I feel when, yeah, it's a known fact that criminals are being released from jail, right? And we're not even talking white-collar criminals. They have let murderers, paedophiles, rapists, they've let them out. Like, they let a, 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 a one guy out who then went and molested a load of kids. Yeah, it's just like, what? So if you're letting people like that out of jail, how the fuck are you throwing kids into juvie? It's insane. But yeah, hopefully this shit will get sorted. So um, you know, I I was happy to see this. You know, happy to see this. Well, it seems things are moving in the courts right now. You know, so uh, the other day, Derek Chavan, J. Alexander Kang, Kiernan Lane, and Tu Fei were all in court. So it's around like gag orders and things like that. You know, so gag order has been lifted. So all of these people, they can now talk about what. What went down around the, you know, George Floyd's death? I, I, Yuri, the crazy thing is we've seen the footage. And and we've seen it from, what, like two? Is it three different camera angles? Or different just cam phones? So we know what happened. There's no denying of what happened, but, you know, so, yeah, I don't know what they're going to say to try and, yeah, no, make themselves look better in the media, but their lawyers kind of seem to feel there's evidence there, like, um, you know, I think Kang's lawyer... Is trying to get the footage from Lane's body camera. Busy feels it shows that Kang didn't do anything. And then, you know, Lane's lawyer, he feels that, um, yeah, the audio description, well, audio transcription, should I say, from the body cameras shows that Lane didn't do anything. But, I'm like, everyone saw, and the fact that you were there and did nothing, how do you think that means you didn't do anything, can you get off, like, in in what sense should you get off, it's, it's crazy, right, now, listen, if, 
Because at the time, right, um, I believe that, uh, you know, both, two of them were rookies, right? So, um, Lane and King were rookies, and Tao and Chauvin were Josh, both uh, seasoned cops, right? So... I get that Lane and Kang might kind of go, oh, we can't, we don't have seniority in this situation. But you know when something is wrong. Right? You know when something is wrong. And they both both held Floyd down. Right? So it's, you know, you know that's not wrong. You know that's not right. Right? So it, it's not like they backed up and were like, oh, we, we don't feel comfortable with this. You, like, we don't think you should be doing this. No. No one did that shit. And Faye just stood there watching it all. He didn't try and stop it. I'm like, in that situation, you can't plead ignorance. Ignorance is shit. Right, when someone and if Floyd hadn't have said something, like possibly there's the we didn't realize you know he was under that distress. You know, you could possibly use that excuse, but the fact on numerous occasions he indicated. He was in distress. None of them did anything. None of them did anything. So, yeah, you know what? No. No. You are still guilty. You're still guilty. It's as simple as that. You didn't do anything. Now you've got to pay. And it's not pay in retribution. It's pay in you had a job. Your job is to yeah, defend. Serve justice. That's not what you did. Like nothing in that incident warranted what happened. Right? Let's say he you know George survived. Right, he didn't die that day. Still, the response doesn't match the crime. The crime was trying to use a fake note, right? And I've been, you know, I've been past fake money before. Like, when you're getting your change and you're getting handed numerous notes and you've got a, a big queue behind you, right, it's an easy thing just to be like, okay, yeah, thanks, boom, put money in a pocket and you go. And it's, only, you know, and you just don't realise. You know, some fake money is good. Like, now, sometimes, yeah, I've got fake money and you're just like, yo, this don't feel right. What? You know, and you check it on the spot because like straight away, just touching it, you know, yeah, there's something wrong here. 
right? But sometimes it is really fucking good. So to 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 try and say that you know George knew it was a fake note, we don't even know that shit. Right? We don't even know that shit. So it's like, what's the crime there? Because usually, right, a place I don't know about in the States, but I know in the UK, they just meant to take the money. You know, if a shop knows it's fake, right, and they, you know, they run that light thing over it and they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is fake. They keep that note. That's it. Or like, you know, you're in a bank and the bank would keep the note. You know. It's not, oh, the police come. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, if you're trying to pass off a lot of money, right, then it's just like, mm, what the fuck? Yeah, that's suspicious. You know what I mean? If you, like, try to, you know, get change for a 300 bills or, you know what I mean, something like that, it's a bit like, all right, that's a little suspicious. What? Because... Yeah, no one takes that sort of money into a shop. Like, you you know not to try and pay for anything with, like, a £50 note. Because ugh, places are mad, like, sketchy about taking that shit. So you'd only drop that in a bank. Right, so just, you know, a low-figure bill. Where's it? Like, there's no fucking crime. Like, there's... It doesn't warrant the police And it especially doesn't warrant Getting put on the floor And a knee on your fucking neck Right, so even if he hadn't have died What went down was fucked up For someone that wasn't struggling Because we saw the security camera footage Of them just all walking out of the shop And... Yeah, yeah, no one was struggling. No one was doing anything. You know what I mean? It's like, what? So, yeah, all of them dudes, they done fucked up. Done fucked up. Right? And they don't deserve to be police. Don't deserve to be police. It's as simple as that. Right? So, yeah, I... I it's, it's just mad curious to see what the fuck happens But You know the trial ain't until next year You know there's all this crazy shit Where trials ain't until next year It's real weird But sometimes you know They'll do it real quick And then other times you're waiting Like there's a year on a case And we're just like wait why is there Now I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure there must be some legal reason. But it's, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But, um, yeah, real curious to see if they release all of this footage um, to the public, you know? And just now the, the gag order's off, what are these fools going to be saying? You know, trying to defend themselves. Because you know now... Publications, outlets They're going to be contacting them For words and, and all of this So, uh, yeah Let's see what the fuck happens, right? 
Hey, so more shit's going down, right? So, um, yeah, there's gonna be a third independent investigation into uh, Elijah McLean's death, right? So, you know, the Aurora City Council members had a meeting and, yeah, they came to a decision that they needed another independent investigation, which would be unbiased because the last one, it you know, it was kind of found out that the lawyer who had been appointed to do it, he, you know, he had all these connections to the police. I think he was an ex-policeman. You know what I mean? So it was just all very, uh, very sketchy. You know, so, yeah, that obviously couldn't happen. Right, so now a new one's gonna take place. They're, you know, it's gonna be a three-man team. So they've got, uh, was it a Jonathan Smith... Who's a Washington lawyer um, He's going to be Leading the team um, They haven't appointed the other two people I think the I don't know I think the big thing about this is Like what do they actually want from it You know Like what are you looking for with this Because supposedly Right Supposedly Supposedly, what they're looking at is um, I to to try and check the processes, right? They want to yeah focus on the policies and procedures rather than criminality. So, you know. Is McLean gonna see justice? Right? You know, it's, it's like, what's happening here? Because, look, we know, right, someone called, made a call Saying that, oh, there's there's a suspicious guy Oh, he doesn't have a weapon And no, no one's in danger He's just wearing a ski mask. And you're just like... Ah. Like, people wear all manner of crazy shit. Are we calling the police on people just for wearing odd things at odd times? You know? Times that we deem being odd. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, how many people do you know who... It's warm, but they're real cold. Right? And you're just like, how the fuck are you that cold? So they're wearing layers and all of this. So to you, they're just like, oh, that's weird. But they're just trying to keep warm. Right? But it's not a crime. So you you kind of be like, straight away, we know there's something wrong with the procedures. Because... That incident should never have got to where it got to. 
You know, I, I don't really think we need an inquiry to establish that. Right? What we should establish is how the fuck did it get to where it got? Where you've got an officer trying to choke this dude out. Like, that's the issue here. You know, and the thought, like... You're, you're trying to cut off blood circulation to the brain. Now, we all know that can be problematic. So, firstly, why would that choke be there? Like, you, there's a number of officers. You can hold down. Like, we've all seen Elijah McLean. He weren't a big dude. You know, he... He weren't a big dude. So I'm like, how you telling me that everyone involved couldn't just restrain him? Like you couldn't have done that shit peacefully? So this is where the you know what I mean? This is where shit falls down. Like it's clear there is an issue in training. Right? But the thing being, what happened didn't need to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you killed someone. A young man died for no fucking reason. For going out and buying iced tea? And that's it? That's it. Going, buying iced tea, wearing a ski mask. Like, you you kill someone, someone dies, someone dies, that's the problem, right, so, the fact that we're not looking into criminality, I feel that's a little bit problematic here, because also, I think you can look at all three things, you know, I, I, I just think, like, if you really want to try and break down the policies and procedures, how is it you can't break down the criminality of the situation at the same time? All things should be covered because there is a criminal thing that happened and we can't forget that. Now, we can write the policies for sure. We can write the procedures for sure. We also need to write the fucking crime. You know what I mean? We definitely need to do that. Right? So, yeah. Let's do that. I, I do think it's worrying, though. Like, with all of this stuff. And, look, all of this stuff is... You know, it, it's good that an investigation is happening. It's good that, you know, we're not just trying to forget these things. But I think we're also forgetting what about Brianna motherfucking Taylor? Like, I, I, you know, it's, it's weird. I see that, you know, the FBI were reopening the case, looking into it. So you're like, okay. Good. And then nothing. It seems to have gone dead. So then you hear that the mayor is going to be uh, looking into it. But then the mayor's all like, oh, 
I'm not being bullied into a decision. People like Beyonce and all that need to be quiet. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, a serious issue happened. Like, it is clear police fucked up. And then it's also clear police tried to lie a number of times. A number of times. You know, also, the warrant that they got, that wasn't necessary. I mean, so much shit happened that you you're, you just look at it and go, oh, fuck, we need to do something here. So, the, the all the pushback, it's just like, wait, how the fuck is there pushback on this? This is insane. This is crazy. But, yeah, that happened. And that was the last we kind of heard on it. So, I don't know, maybe I've missed something. Maybe I've missed the fact that those officers have now been arrested and are going to get tried. Maybe I've missed that. But uh, I haven't seen it. So what the fuck is happening? I mean, what the fuck is happening? Like, all of these things need to be answered for. Right? Instead... It's just some bullshit appeasement stuff that gets done. You know? Like, uh... <sighs> white people are no longer going to voice black people in cartoons. Huzzah! You know, we're getting rid of this syrup. Huzzah! Like, that's not getting to the real shit. Yo, we're going to take down these TV episodes. Yo, which is just like, oh, so you're going to pretend that wasn't done? Oh, we're going to take rid of these statues. Oh, so you're going to pretend that that wasn't done either? Like, how about we get to the core issues here? How about we deal with the bullshit that's happened? You know? How about that? Hmm? Yeah. Kind of crazy, right? To to try and seek for justice. But, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that actually fucking happens. Okay, people. So, this week, we're going to be breaking down... The Whittaker Till card. Um, and it is an insane card. So many great fights. It could have been a pay for you. You know, 15 fights, nine fights in the prelims, six on the main card. Oh, it's tasty as fuck. So um, yeah, once you're done with this, go check out Chin Check, man. And um, yeah, we got the recap episode that we dropped on Monday So yeah, you got a couple to look for Episode 59 and today's episode 60 Go, go have some fun with that, alright? Cool, now let's get back to it Okay, so this week I checked out Upload So 
it's a science fiction comedy drama thing, right? Um, it's ten episodes, and uh, they're around, I think, forty minutes an episode, something like that, right? Uh, so it's from Greg Daniels. You know what I mean? And I, I think, you know, that brings a certain clout to something, right? So people know Daniels from The Office. You know, huge success. Uh, Parks and Rec, another huge success. He's worked on King of the Hill, The Simpsons, Saturday Night Live. So, yeah. The name brings some cachet to it. So, uh, you know, he created it. Um, Joseph Stevens is the composer. It's ten episodes. I forget if I said that. I may have done. So, if I did, forget about it. Okay. Uh, and, like, so it's starring Robbie Amell, who plays Nathan Brown. Uh, Andy Alou. Who plays Nora Anthony. Uh, we've got Allegra Edwards. Who plays Ingrid Kahneman. Who's Nathan's girlfriend. Zainab Johnson. Who plays Alicia. Who uh, yeah doesn't deserve a surname. Uh, which is very odd. Right? Uh, we've got Kevin Bigley. Who is Luke. Um, kind of Nathan's friend. In the in at Lakeview, uh, then there's also um, Jordan Johnson Hines, who's Jamie, Nathan's real world best friend, uh, Chris Williams, who plays Dave Anthony, Nora's dad. Um, we've got Jessica Tuck, who's Viv, Nathan's mum. Um, Christine Koo, who plays Mandy, Nora's roommate. Uh, Andrea Rosen, who plays Lucy, Nora's boss. Um, Chloe Coleman, who plays Navi, who's Nathan's niece. I think, oh, and probably Reese Slack, who plays Dylan, who's someone else who's at a... Lakeview, alright, so, yeah, I think they're kind of the main, some of the main players, alright, and the gist of the show is this, in 2033, humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing, when computer programmer Nathan dies prematurely, he is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but soon finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still-living girlfriend, Ingrid. As Nathan adjusts to the pros and cons of digital heaven, he bonds with Nora, his living customer service rep, or Angel. Nora struggles with the pressures of her job, her dying father who does not want to be uploaded and her growing feelings for Nathan while slowly coming to believe that Nathan 
was murdered. Bom, bom, bom. So, it, it, you know what I mean? It sounds like an interesting show, right? Um, 2033 is kind of slightly an odd year to frame it at. You know I mean, since we're 2020, right? So, just 13 more years. Now, some of the stuff that they they play with, yeah, we're kind of looking at trying to develop right now, you know, um, and kind of some stuff they've like, uh, you know, featured on stuff like Black Mirror, right? Um, but you kind of feel if they'd placed it maybe like twenty fifty. I think then you could go, okay, yeah, I could see, I could see that happening then, even 2040, like 20 years, there's some of this tech, hey, you might develop it, but it would no way be, like, universal in that period of time, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just semantics, really. I think an interesting thing, though, on the tech front, it it does that Star Trek thing, right? So, you know, you've got warp speed and teleporters, but then other things are huge, like computers are huge and clunky and, you know, it's that weird kind of concept. Which doesn't make any sense. Like you can upload, right? Your phone is a hologram that you just make an L with your finger and then the screen is there. Right? So they've got like stuff like that. That you're just like, oh shit. You know, proper driverless cars that are just everywhere. Right? That's the thing. Planes that are super fast. You know? All of this stuff. But the virtual reality units are exactly the same. You know, like that's the weird thing about it, right? Well, it's weird because when, um, you know, people at Horizon. So when you you see Nora and Alicia, um, they wear those just normal type of glasses with the, the blue lights on. Which take them into the world. But other times, like, they have to wear the big kind of clunky headsets that we know of right now. There's, that's the thing, right? I, I kind of think, hey, put the glasses, have the glasses as, as the, the unit, right? That's more believable. You know what I mean? Because you're you're telling me I can make an L and have a phone, but I still need a huge ass unit over my head. Like I, I, you know, someone would still need to wear a kind of full body sensor suit for touch. It it's certain things like that that are a little clunky. Like even like you know what I mean? You're you're talking about uploading, right, so either jump fully in, or or don't, 
right? Because it just makes it a bit weird at times that you're showing like, boom, yeah, we've gone there. But no, no, we're a bit here. Like they're 3D printing everything, you know, actual food. And so there's these huge leaps that they want to take. But then there's other stuff that they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. So, yeah, they, 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 they do this weird thing there. Like, all in all, though, it's not a bad show, right? It's pretty enjoyable, you know? Um, I think I watched it in three days, maybe. You know, you can... Like, hey, I'm not sleeping, so fuck it. I watched, like, you know, a three episode, four episodes a night kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's cool. Like, it's an easy watch. Right? It's not... It's not offensive. Um, The story pretty... The story pretty much flows. You know? And the acting isn't bad. The acting isn't bad. Right? I think everyone plays a role. Now, I would say that... There isn't an overly huge amount of nuance in the acting, right? So we just kind of see one emotion of the other rather than those in-between moments. But I, I kind of feel that's probably more on the writing and direction than the actors and actresses, you know what I mean, that's what I kind of get the sense of, and that's just from the writing point of view, you know, because, hey, listen, everything is, it's pretty fine, right, the the story flows, as I said, and all of that, but there are a few things, right, so we have, like, Nora pretty much kind of falling for Nathan straight away. It it, it is kind of like, wait, what? What are you doing? You know what I mean? They're showing this thing like, where is the development there? Like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, why... Is she, why is she going to fall for him? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's going You haven't given us reasons. And they try and do this explanation thing towards the end. But even that is a bit like, eh. Doesn't make quite much. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then they also kind of blow that out the window. You know, which is just one of those odd things. Right? They kind of contradict themselves on the explanation. So it's just like, eh? What? You know what I mean? So we, we have that. Um, I think also another kind of issue with, um, like, the writing is, like, I guess some of the storylines... Right, and and the things you're doing with the characters, you know, so there's like this 
emotional kind of track that, that you know that's playing through. Um, so the way they're showing Ingrid, right now, there is there are things that we learn. And it's kind of a throwaway, like, I overheard your conversation. And it's like, right, okay, so you're trying to do a certain thing, but we would never get that unless you fed us those lines. You know, which doesn't make any sense because you're trying to say that she's a she we're seeing something but we don't really get her but if if you're trying to say that there would be more in her actions you know what I mean like look you you can be a certain way right you can be needy you can be um Overbearing You can be those things But you don't have to be those things 24-7 The other elements Would still spill through You know what I mean Time to time Like you know what I mean Like you can't keep a certain defence up all the time But they don't show that Which is Like we see it One time with Navif, Right but other than that it, it, yeah, they, they do. It's a weird kind of way they, they're trying to write this. Even though it's 10 episodes and it's kind of like 40 minutes, 44 minutes an episode. So it's still like more time than some shows when you're doing six episodes, right? Eight episodes. So you think, right, you've got t- a bit more time. So, yeah, give us a bit more. Flesh this out a bit better, right, than what you're doing, there's this whole thing with, um, oh, what is she, Nathan's, um, hmm, oh, I always get, like, you know, your extended family stuff mixed up, uh, it's like, not on, hmm, what would you call that? Um, fuck. Like, gran? Cousin? Not the cousin. Um, oh, no, it is his cousin. Okay, right. So there's a, this thing with um, Elizabeth Bowen. No, with Fran, even. Brr. Yes, Fran, um, Nathan's cousin, who's doing some investigation. Now, what happens with that character? Odd. It's it's odd because it just gets left. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on a second. You've got, like, all these, all this tech that tells you where people are. And everything like that. So... That situation can't play out the way you've kind of just left it. Because everyone would know. You'd kind of know. And the fact that suddenly you don't, that tells you something. So it's it's a weird thing 
to kind of put there. You're like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, that's just, it's an odd one. And also, like, again, it's the whole tech thing. Like, you, you have all of this tech. So, backups, storage. You know, there's just stuff that you think, like, some of these, some of these plots that you're throwing around, they don't actually make any sense. Right, so there's 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 these things like this. Then also, right, they 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 get a bit heavy with trying to push certain. You can see that they want to push certain messages, right? Like um, Nora's dad. Okay, so he's dying of vape lung. Vape lung. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little clunky. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, vaping is bad, people. Don't vape. Yeah, so, oh, we'll cure a character with vape lung. That will get our point across. Hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Um, There's this whole thing with, like, a, a, a dating app. Well, not it's not so much dating. It's more like a hookup app, really, uh, called Nightly. And yeah, it's called Nightly. So of course, it's a hookup app, right? Um, but yeah, so I think it's that whole thing and this rating system within it, which is like, oh yeah, judging people is bad. You know what I mean? And then they make this whole kind of thing of like, hey. I want to get to know you. I want to kind of see who you are before we just do the other stuff, right? Um, but, you know what I mean? Like, they, they have a guy, it's weird, because they have the guy kind of saying all these things, but then they just make him a bit just oblivious, oblivious of everything else. It, you know what I mean, the, 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 like, Nora's, you know, her hookup buddy, I mean, he's not, like, they describe him, you know, in the verb as a hookup buddy, he's not really a hookup buddy, at first, you know what I mean, like Byron, but they made, like, Byron has no nuance whatsoever, like, you know what I mean, they, they start him off as one thing, then they kind of go, oh, but now we're going to do this with him. But in doing that other thing, they don't, like, give him any kind of enlightenment or anything. They just go, ah, but now we're putting him as still doing this dumb shit. And it's just like, yo, what are you doing with the characters, man? You know what I mean? It, it's just like, ah, you're being weird. Right, just to try and get your points across, you know they 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 give they give you this thing where it's like um, oh, because of like uh some disappointment Nora's had in her life, so they oh she's retreated. Yeah, I've retreated from the physical world, and that's why oh I fell for you, Nathan. 
right? So they're trying to give this thing and it's just like, oh, it's because, you know, she's read all of his um, thoughts, right? But then we, we find out some stuff, find out some stuff, which... It, you know what I mean? It, it kind of sets the character off as something else. And you you know what I mean? It's just like... The way that the, the whole kind of... That part of the story unfolds. It's... Uh, it's a frustrating. Let's just say that. It is frustrating. Because, like... It's that kind of thing when... You know what I mean? A girl... Has a has a bad dream that you cheated on her in the dream. Wakes up, realizes, oh, that was still that was just a dream, but she's still pissed at you, and it's just like, wait, I didn't do anything. Like, what the fuck? You know, you dreamt it. I haven't done it. I had no intention of doing it. What 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 are you doing? You can't be mad at me for something I didn't do and you dreamt. Right, and they kind of, yeah, so it, it, it plays with that sort of energy for a minute, and then they do this other ridiculous thing, and you're just like, oh, come on, stop it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just way too clunky, way too clunky, way forced. There is this part with um, Dylan, right, the, uh, the boy at Lakeview, and... He's an irritating boy, right? And Luke, who wants to be Nathan's best friend, kind of irritating, kind of juvenile, right? So Dylan and Luke together, you know. And they, they, you know, so they treat women in a certain way. They make comments, all of this. They do this thing within the story. And straight away, like straight away, it's like, Oh, now I've got an insight, and I think that behavior is bad. And blah blah, blah. and you're just like, okay, calm the fuck down. You know, like there, there are better ways of writing this. You know, like the way it's just way too forced. You know, just wait. Oh, now I know what it's like to be, and it's just like no. You don't like you. You really don't, because it was one thing, right? One thing, and no one, like no one, has that one eighty. You know, like it, it. Firstly, it would take time for you to process those thoughts. Secondly, right? People say some shit, but then their actions don't always mirror up. You know what I mean? But they want, they, the, the show kind of, you feel it wants to get certain messages across so hard. So hard. That it just comes with a hammer. You know what I mean? Just like, hit you with this hammer. And it's just like, oh, God damn it. Yo, know, like, all these weird things. Like, there's one thing, and... So there's this whole thing with sex, right? Um, and remember, Nathan's got a girlfriend. Ingrid is his girlfriend. And 
so he, he he gets it on and then the next day Nora goes out on a date and he's just like oh yeah and I was jealous and it's just like whoa 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 and you know and it's kind of like you know making her kind of feel bad and it's just like wait the day before you just had sex like what the fuck but this is the weird thing right the show wants to try and go hey we're enlightened with this but it will still be fine with showing like this manipulation and pass it off as fine like there's no issues there which is kind of weird right it's kind of weird but yeah they are like uh, one other thing that is a bit like so there's this thing with pop-up ads right so it's in like things to kind of entice people to buy and stuff but we don't see them all the time so they throw them out there i think once or twice and it's just like yo you need to be consistent with it right so if this is a thing show it more often rather than you know in one episode right because it's just like, wait, is this happening or is it not? You know? But, like, these are the things that I kind of found clunky with it. But, as I said, look, for the most part, it is a easy... It's an easy-to-watch thing, right? So, I'm not saying it's bad. But, like, I feel it could be better... Right, and these are some of the stumbling blocks about it. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's the that's the kind of issue. There's just like look, it it's playing with technology, but then claiming that you can't have all the answers when we're being shown you should have all the answers, right? So if if these cars have memories and you can like get into them and get all this, then hey, how do you not know that certain things have happened? You know what I mean? It, it it's just little kind of things like that that don't make any sense. Now the the series does end like it ends on this like boom. Yeah, this note that's just like. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to wait a while to find out what the fuck just happened, which is kind of un, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of unfair. It's unfair to wait because there's just way too many questions because they didn't. There's certain things they do not answer, right? Certain things they do not answer. And there's other things where it's just like, wait, but they know why that isn't happening. So why are you having them try to act clueless? So, yeah, it's a weird ending. But, you know, it's definitely going to have people like, I want season two now. And it was renewed. Right. So they they renewed the show. So, uh, yeah, it will probably drop next year. But because of, you know, everything who knows, with the delays and, you know, the backlog on a lot of stuff that must be there, but, you know, everything has kind of reopened, um, and you're hearing all the time that studios are going back 
into a shooting show. So, hey, maybe we do get season two next year. All right. But, um, yeah, I would probably say, look, if you're a fan of Greg Daniels' other work, you will most likely enjoy this. If you like Ready Player One, you will enjoy this. You know, it, it, it is kind of like that. I kind of feel, um, yeah, if you just like, uh, I don't know, like Westworld and, you know, though, like the kind of futuristic Mr. Ro, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, you'll, you probably get on with this. All right. It's on Prime. Um, it's one of their originals. So, hey, it's not leaving the system uh, from, yeah. What I believe, so yeah, you, you go check it out, you know, boom, you will probably enjoy it, all right, so uh there you go, upload people, upload, okay, people, so this week, I checked out the Phoenix Empress, uh, and this is by K Arsenault Riviera. Uh, and it's narrated by Caroline McLaughlin. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's the sequel to uh, The Tiger's Daughter and the second part of their Bright Ascendancy trilogy. Alright, so um, the gist of the book is this. Since she was a child, the Divine Empress O. Shirozaka has believed she was an untouchable god. When her uncle, ruler of the Hokaran Empire, sent her on a suicide mission to a leader, as a leader of the Imperial Army, the horrors of war cause her to question everything she knows. Thousands of miles away, the exiled and cursed warrior Basala Sharifi undergoes trials the most superstitious would not believe in order to return to Huraikan court and claim her rightful place next to Osharika. As the distance between disgraced empress and blighted warrior narrows, a familiar demonic force grows closer to the heart of the empire. Will the two fallen warriors be able to protect their home? Okay, so, yeah, as mentioned, you know, this picks up from, um, you know, the last book, right? The, uh, the Tiger's Daughter. And... In that, you know, we learn, uh, you know, there's this prophecy, you know, we learn that, you know, these girls have known each other for forever, and they're, you know, they've fallen in love, and they're connected, but there are things that are pulling them apart, right, so, um, uh, Shefifi, um, you know, she becomes, like, cursed, Infected with a, a kind of a demonic spirit, and um, Oshizuka, uh, her uncle, you know, who's on the throne, he is doing all he can to keep him apart, like he can't touch her because she's a divine goddess, 
but he is doing all he can. And, you know, with everything that happens in the first book, it ends with them finally coming back together. Okay? And so you do wonder, okay, now they're together, what's going to happen in the second book? Where is this going to lead us? You know, and I think it's really interesting and odd, right? Because I I do enjoy um, Riviera's writing style. There is like a poetry to it, a flow. She has a really nice way with words. You know, and and the the sentence structures, everything like that. It's very enjoyable. But this book, it it does feel like filler. It really, you know, because as I said, look, they they came back together at the end of the first book. So you know, at the beginning of this, we have. You know, we have them in court, and there's some kind of tensions. And so you know something has happened during their absence from each other, right? But um, Oshizuka, you know, she kind of always references, oh, if you, if you knew, you wouldn't be able to look at me in the same way. And so we get this, and then finally, right, we finally get, the, the telling of the story But it's done in um, You know It's done in this way That's You know kind of fragmented It gets broken up You know like a bit will be told And it's just like oh but you know I don't want to tell anymore And oh you're going to hate me So then we might come back to the present Something else happens and then, you know, we get back to it. And then finally the full thing comes. And, you know, it, it, it's just this long rambling tale. And it's not a bad tale, right? It, it, it's not a, a terrible story. It is kind of interesting. But it doesn't... You you kind of think it doesn't bring that much to the actual current story. You know, like and the and the supposed crimes, the supposed stuff. It's not. It's not really that crazy. It's one of those things that you you find in a lot of. Um, I was going to just say fantasy and sci-fi, but just in stories in general, you know, like, someone is kind of forced to do something by circumstance, right, the, the, the options, they're not really there, so they do this thing, but then it's just like, how can I live with myself, you know, I, I've committed this horrible thing, and it's just like, there was nothing else to do. Right? Or because they go and do this thing, someone else suffers or dies or something, something. And it's just like, it's all my fault. If only I... And you'd be like, there wasn't anything else you could have done. 
Like, it's clear. There is nothing else that could have been done. But then they get to torture themselves with this thing for ages. And it's just like, come on. And and that's what this is. It's just a self-flaguration. And you just kind of be like, "Mm." It, it doesn't really give me anything. Right? Because then we get back to the story itself. And we do learn some stuff, right? We learn some stuff and we kind of find out what needs to be done. But now we're at the end of the book. So it's just a bit like, why? You know, because you kind of get the sense that this really, right? It could have been two books, Yo, it could have been two books and then this, you know, retelling of the past, this past supposed crime, you know, this past thing that has left a stain on her. Like, that could have been a novella, that could have been in a, a collection of stories, you know, as a short, like, it didn't have to be in this, because it just... Kind of comes across as padding. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, they really wanted three books. So how can we get three from two? You know what I mean? Like, it's like what people go, um, you know, they say about the, the Hobbit trilogy. Like, I really liked it. You know, but I understand when people go, did we need three films? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, initially we always knew it was going to be two, right? But then they had so much footage and everything like that, and the studio just loved what they saw, and it was just like, could you not do three? And so they're like, all right, fine, we'll do three. You know, and, and that's kind of what you get here. It is just like, yeah, it's not a horrible book, right? It's not a horrible story. It's fine. But you do get just left with the sense of, did I really need this? You know? Like, this could have all been covered in a quick little chapter at the beginning of the last book. You know, and then anything else you really wanted to put out there, yeah, put it out as something else, put it out as a short, a novella, whatever. But yeah, that's the problem here. That, you know, what we have, it just doesn't really add anything to the story, to the story itself. Because then, because, you know, with what ends the book, this big revelation, that's the thing that carries all the weight, right, that's the driving force, really, of the story, the other stuff is just this, this thing that's guilt, you know, but it's not really guilt, it's like you were sent to do something, that's what it was, you know, war isn't pretty, right, people are gonna die, and that's, yeah, that's the um, the conflicts of this book, right? And, it, and it's kind of left me with just the, like, 
I don't know if I want to do the third. You know? Just because it's just like... Ugh. I just feel a bit... I don't know, a bit taken out of things. You know? Like, I was really... Yeah, just interested with, after the tiger's daughter. I was just like, oh, where is this going? I'm very interested. You know, and now I'm just a bit like, ah, I think I'm done. You know, which is a shame. Because, look, as I said, the writing isn't bad. The writing is good. I just don't know if I can sit through something else that could be another padded out story to then get to the final bit that you're just like oh this didn't have to be you know because you already get the feeling this didn't need to be a trilogy so that does kind of create this sour taste in the mouth but you know look it's like it's narrated well by uh mclaughlin um and I'd say, look, if you, if you really enjoy, you know, books that are filled with, like, all these flashbacks and can become very slow, right? Or you just really just loved the characters. You really loved the story that we were introduced to with the Tiger's Daughter. Then, yes, you will want to do this book and you'll probably want to finish it. You know, so... You know, it is now complete. The last book, The Warrior Moon, um, that's out, right? So you can, you know, you can complete it if you will. Um, I don't know if I will. I'm, I'm going to be pondering this. But The Phoenix Empress, you know, as always, I'd always recommend it as an audio book. Um yeah, just because, you know, I think the narration is a big part of this. You know, it definitely does help drive things forward. Um, so, yeah, go, um, you know, go grab it on Audible if, uh, yeah, you're under that inkling. But, um, yeah, that's it, people. That's all I can say. Okay, people, so yeah, it's that time, we are coming to a close of another episode, but before we go, let's look at some happenings in the TV sphere, okay, so Elizabeth Moss, she's just signed a deal for her production company, Love and Squalor Pictures, which gives her a first look deal with Hulu and Fox 21 television. Um, they're going to be creating TV and film content for both platforms. One of the first pieces is uh, going to be Black Match. Which is a psychosexual neo-noir thriller anthology. Ah. So, um, Moss is going to be starring in it, and it's going to be set in Los Angeles. No other real details about the series, um, other than it's written by Ian McCulloch, 
and um, Mike Barker will be directing the pilot. Okay, so um, Fox 21 and Hulu, some more news with them. They are um, working on a, uh, a new TV series called Brain Box. It's going to be sci-fi or um, should we just say reality? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's based on a short story from Christian Cantrell And um, basically it's around uh, climate change You know, essentially So, um, you know, the story is around a climate engineering experiment That goes wrong and casts the planet into a sudden ice age the world's most powerful nations compete for the last remaining habitable regions along the equator. Right, things begin when a young weapons specialist is brought in to create a revolutionary self-replicating AI army that will transform the fate of humanity. So uh yeah. It's kind of how Skynet starts, it would seem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Alright, so Dave Kaganik, um, he's going to be the showrunner. Uh, and Warren Lightfield is going to be the executive producer. Alright, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know, it could be interesting, right? Could be interesting um, So some other news um, Amazon, now we we know they're developing a um, an animated series Based on the Image Comics um, and Robert Kirkman Invincible uh, Series that ended I think last year maybe Or the year before um, So they have just signed On a huge Voice cast Right so Steve Yen He's going to be voicing Mark Grayson Invincible J.K. Simmons He's going to be Nolan Grayson Omni-Man Sandra U, she's gonna be Debbie Grayson. Mark Hamill, he's Art Roseborn. Seth Rogen is Alan the Alien. Gillian Jacobs is Samantha Eve Wilkins, Atom Eve. Um, Andrew Rannells. He is a William Clockwell. Zazie Beats is Amber Bennett. Walton Goggins is Cecil Stedman. Jason Manzoukas is Rex Sloan. Rex Splode. Uh, Chris Dimanopoulos is Donald Ferg Ferguson. Um, Doc Seismic. Zachary Quintino is um, Robot 
Kari Payton is Black Sampson. Malice Joe is Kate Cha. Dolpy Kate. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is Mola Twins, Monster Girl. Gray uh, Griffin is Shrinking Ray and Amanda. May Whitman is um, an undisclosed character, and Max Burkholder is gonna be the same. So the first season is gonna be eight episodes, and um, basically, right, the story follows. Uh, A normal teenage high school student named Mark Grayson Who has just one difference between him and his peers His father is the most powerful superhero on the planet And he too will inherit his own set of superpowers Boom Yeah Um so Netflix have announced that the 21st of August will um, be uh, when the fifth season of Lucifer drops. Or I mean, otherwise the first part of that series, that season. Um, so there is that, and then the 28th of August. Is when um, seasons one and two of Cobra Kai will be coming to Netflix. So, uh, yeah, that is um, pretty interesting. Also, um, fans of The Last Airbender, uh, Legend of Korra is coming to Netflix on the 14th of uh, August. And sorta like a rock star. Um, yeah, that's going to uh, be coming on the twenty eighth of August. All right. Um, now, Marvel. We know there's going to be a Hawkeye series coming to Disney Plus, and um, hey, we now know. Who's going to be directing it Okay, so um, We've got uh, Bert and Bertie Right So, um, you know They are going to be uh, doing that Now, they are You know, that's the pseudonym It's um, the directing pair Of Amber Finlayson and Katie Elwood So, um, yeah They're going to be doing it Along with Um um, oh gosh, Reese Thomas. Yes, that's it. So they're each gonna be directing a um, a block of episodes. All right. So um, yeah, that's cool. And let's end with this, people. So, Burning Wheel Productions are currently finalizing talks with literary giants Brett Easton Ellis and Irvin Welsh to co-create a dramatized series based on the national tabloid press culture in the US. The series is going to be called American Tabloid and um, 
It will journey through the decades following events from a weekly publication and enter into a world where political correctness, morals and ethics are left firmly at the door. The series will follow a rambunctious cavalcade of pranksters, conmen and rapscallions. In other words, journalists being brought together from across the globe to change not only the landscape but the power of the press forever from scandalous rumour to political puppetry. Shelley Hammond of um, Burning Will said this, to do this production justice we always knew we would require writers who don't hold back and go way further than most would dare. We are just beyond delighted that we are ready to agree a deal to make this happen with the incredible talent of Brett and Irvin. This would be the first time the two have collaborated professionally. And with the support to allow creative freedom, we are confident spectacular things will happen so um that could be real interesting people yeah you know so um hey we will see what happens but people we're done that is us for another week and uh yeah we'll we'll touch base again next wednesday all right so um take it easy people it's a crazy world out there all right Pub-